Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. And today I want us to talk about walking in the anointing. Walking in the anointing. We said the anointing is the Holy Spirit working in or through a person. The Holy Spirit working through a person is what the Bible calls the anointing. Being anointed means that the Holy Spirit is working through you. It doesn't make the person special, but the Holy Spirit working through the person remains special because the Holy Spirit is God. Amen. Hey, I feel like I've started in another gear and you guys are still in another gear, but I'm sure you will catch up. So, as I was thinking about what will be the appropriate last episode of this series, or is it last sermon? I thought about walking in the anointing and I was inspired to think about this because I was thinking about Jesus. You see, Jesus is the ultimate for every Christian. You can want to become all the other good people that have lived, but the one person that God has a vision for you to be like is Jesus. That's why the Bible declares that the idea is for us to be conformed to the image of his dear son. Amen. Well, we have a new podium. The people of Kungu, thank you for lending us your podium all these years. Jesus Christ, the young. Jesus Christ is not Jesus' surname. When he was in P2, they were not doing roll call and they say, Jesus Christ, present madam. No. Christ simply means the anointed. And I like what Kenneth Copeland says. He says, it means the anointed and his anointing. So when you read Jesus Christ, it means Jesus, the anointed and his anointing. Hey, come on now. Now, Bible says in Acts 10, 38, very popular scripture by now through this series, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with me. Are you guys reading? Oh, I'm reading alone. I can't hear you. Now let's read together. How God with the Holy Spirit uh-huh and God was with him. Now because Jesus is the ultimate that we all wish to be like or to become like when we see something like this ah, you see you can do some lecture divino don't mind the term, it will confuse you if I start explaining and we don't have time. And just put your name and village and leave everything intact. 
Hey. Hey. How God anointed Florence Babirie of Charlie Wajala with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Can you imagine when this is the summary of your life? Hey. I need more faith by way of response. Yeah. You know there was the other church. Someone died. Then they called the emergency services. They carried out half the church before they could find a dead person. I thank God that church is not this church. So tell your neighbor, stop acting dead. We are in church. Now, I want us to go through a little bit of the process of this anointing that Jesus walked in because it will show you and I how we too can start fulfilling that prophetic word so we don't just marvel at it. So that we can, at one point, people can say how God anointed Moses and Kisa of Chitukutwe. Hey. With the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So the first thing that must happen for you to be anointed and to walk in the steps of Jesus is you must be born of God. Yeah. Anointing is the Holy Spirit upon you. Bible says, by the Spirit we cry out, Abba, Father. If you're not born again, we can say bye-bye to that vision. That's step one. You must be born of God. You know, Jesus was the first person to be born. He didn't need to be born again. He was born, born again. I know that doesn't make sense, but... You, you first came out a sinner. Then grace was bestowed. And then you said yes, and you became born again. Jesus, because he was conceived of the Virgin Mary, born under, under what? Suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified under, was buried. Anyway, because of this, by a virgin, it means he did not receive sinful seed. He did not have sinful seed. Bible says it was without sin. Now, do you know that's a very core doctrine of the Christian faith? If you start reasoning with that one, you don't have any Christianity left. Two things that you should never, ever allow even your brain to start suggesting things to you about. The virgin birth and the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Those two. If you take out one of those two, you don't have a faith. Like Paul says, we are wasting time. We are dead in our sins. You're coming to church for nothing. There's no healing. Stop praying. There's no rescue. You are like a cow. That day you die, your meat will die. That's it. No soul, no future, no heaven. The dreams you've been having are fake. They are not real dreams. You shouldn't aspire to anything. Once you take out the virgin birth and the body resurrection. Why is the virgin birth important? Because the moment you introduce the seed of a man, you have introduced sin into the system. And a sinner cannot give his life to pay 
for the sins of sinners. If Jesus was a sinner, he would only be dying for his own sins. He would not have capacity to die for other people's sins. You see that? And then the bodily resurrection. If he died and he wasn't resurrected, then there's no justification. Yeah, we are dead in our sins. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If there's no resurrection, we already died. We are finished. But thank God there is a resurrection. Thank God that the two most important days in any, in any part of the world, whether they like it or not, are the days that celebrate the virgin birth, Christmas, the bodily resurrection, Easter. You could reason, bring all of your human reasoning whichever way you want, but I don't know how God engineered it. That even in the age of no belief, people will stop for those two days. Because our faith is anchored on those two days. Hey. I'm preaching better than you're listening. So one, you must be born of God. Luke 135. The angel visiting Mary, the mother of Jesus, says together. And the angel answered, uh-huh, and said, you guys, Please, please, let's agree we are reading. Yeah, the Bible says the book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, not, not brain. Together. And the angel answered and said to her, uh-huh, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Jesus, he was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. I can tell you this confidently that your neighbor was not conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 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 Your neighbor, something else was going on when they were conceived. It wasn't the power of the Holy Spirit. And for that reason, your neighbor has is stuck in, in, the, in the clay even before we start your only chance is for you to be born again give me John 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 1 12 uh-huh. together but as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name who were born ah who were what shout it out what's the word who were born hey who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God born 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 again thank God I'm born again born 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 again thank God I'm born again Oh, born of the water, spirit, and the blood, thank God I'm born again. Born of the water, spirit, and the blood, thank God I'm born again. If you're not yet born again, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that in this service, both here in the room and wherever you're watching us from, because that's stage one. Stage two, so stage one is you must be born of God. How do you get born of God? 
by faith through Jesus. Because it says those who believed him, to those who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, once that is out of the way, the second thing is you must be filled by the Holy Spirit. You must be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Point one and point two are not the same. I know you may have attended a church where you were told they are the same, but I'm here to tell you what the Bible says. That church may have said what the Bible doesn't say. For, as for me and my wife and all of us, we stick to what the Bible says. Jesus, I told you, was born without sin. So you could say he was already born again, in, that's in quotes, eh? when he was in his mother's womb. And by the time he was born, he was already in the state that you and I would be if we were born again, justified, just as if you had never sinned. But guess what? That wasn't the end of the story. Luke 3. We are anchoring in the book of Luke. I'm just taking us through Luke. We were in Luke chapter 1 where we took, looked at how he was conceived. In Luke chapter 3, verse 21 says, together, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. Now, let's first stop there. You know, there are Christians who have refused to be baptized. Yeah. They give all sorts of interesting reasons why they shouldn't be baptized. Including some activity that happened in their life that doesn't actually represent baptism. Yeah, like me. I used to have a black and white picture, which I no longer have. I don't know what happened to it. Where I was, I was the baby in the picture. And they told me that that picture is when you were baptized. Now, when I went and researched the word baptized, the one in the Bible, it doesn't mean that. It means to immerse an object fully in a liquid. That's the meaning of baptize. It's to immerse. Hey. Hey. Jesus was immersed. For me, they had just poured some little water. And the other problem was I wasn't even a believer. The Ethiopian owner asked Philip, what, what, here is water, what hinders me from being baptized? And Philip told him, if you believe, you may. If you don't, you may not. So, well, you might be like the guys that Paul found in Acts 19 in Ephesus. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you, you believed? He said, we have not so much as had as whether there be an Holy Ghost. How could you not have heard of the Holy Spirit if you were baptized? What baptism did you receive? He said, we received the baptism of John. Baptism of John. He said, no, that was to other things. So he rebaptized them. So there can be such a thing as a defective baptism. Now, one of the greatest things I've found in my work with Christ up to now is that the greatest value you carry in the relationship with God is one word, obedience. But I digress. Because baptism is not what we are talking about. Jesus was also baptized together and when, while he prayed, the heaven was... And then what happened? 
And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, in, in you I'm well pleased. Luke, Matthew, yeah, Matthew. Does Mark, Mark, I don't think Mark records this event. They record this event of Jesus' baptism and Jesus' being filled by the Holy Spirit. Now, if the man who was born, born again, needed to be filled by the Holy Spirit, it means that you also, when you were born again, hmm, you got a dose of the Holy Spirit because it's by the Spirit that we cry out, Abba, Father. But it doesn't mean you were filled. Hey. You see, you can have five drops of, of tea in a cup. Have you ever had a cup of tea? What kind? Black tea. What was a cup like? You know, there are some of those people in England when they have afternoon tea. They, they hold the cup like this. There is some skill involved. The three fingers have to be pointing away from you while you're holding your teacup. Is someone with me? I know some of you, all you are familiar with is porridge. So, all my detailed description of this tea business is not knocking home. <laughs> yeah, so, the, you know, and we were discussing this with my daughters yesterday. And they're saying, so what happens? Doesn't the tea get finished too quickly? Hey. And I told them, no, you don't actually drink the tea. You pretend to be drinking the tea. You, you just take a sip. It's lovely. It's lovely. Yeah. Yesterday we went to Middlesbrough. Meanwhile, some of you just call it Middlesbrough. We went to Middlesbrough. That was a horse race. Oh, the turkeys there are really big. The flowers. It's a good race next week in London. Yeah. So there's that version. Tony Atida, can I come to ours? <laughs> Boarding school porridge. Hey! Uh, you know, some people, they have cups. You have to look around the corner to see them because of the cup size. They're carrying around a whole pail pretending that it's a cup. Gavamo dining, even develop muscles for carrying porridge from the dining. Then they greet, good morning, Atida. <coughs> good morning. Uh, you see Tony Atida, the, the pastor Tony, the muscles, you think where did they come from? Anyway, so. <laughs> you can have a cup with some drops of tea. Does the cup have tea? Yes, you cannot. There is no denying there is tea in the cup. Is it filled? No. So it technically has tea, but it won't satisfy you. Hey. So Jesus needed to be filled by the Spirit. Acts 1 8. Jesus instructs the disciples You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. He's talking to people who already had received the Spirit in John 20, 22. When he breathed on them and said, receive the Spirit. He's saying you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. Amen. Acts 2, verse 1 to 4 records the incident when that happened. Are you with me? Let's do it together. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them. And they were together all filled. Again, all filled. It wasn't for a select few. The feeling of the Holy Spirit is not for certain people. Peter, when he's explaining what has happened, says, he says, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Usually one of the initial signs or evidences of being filled by the Holy Spirit is speaking with other tongues. Amen. You do the speaking, he gives the utterance. So, most of us are familiar with these two stages, I hope. Hey. Wow. Anyone who's born again, like you took stage one, you are like, nah, that one tick, I'm born again. Okay. Anyone filled by the Holy Spirit, you're like, stage two, and I'm okay. Okay, good, good. Some good numbers. Now, we are talking about walking in the anointing. What I have discovered through a bit of study here and there and reading the scriptures and experience is that not everyone who is born again or filled by the Holy Spirit walks in the anointing to the same measure. So I want to unlock for you another room. Do you want to know? Are you sure? Because up to now, you may have been limited to these two expressions of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit in you, born again. The Spirit upon you, filled. But you may not know that there is other dimensions of walking with the Holy Spirit, which then the anointing becomes, hey, hey, do you want it? Shout, I want it! Now, three. One is what? Be born of God. Be born again. Two is be filled. Three. Three is to be tested to maturity. Mm. Ah. Got people's hallelujahs and amens are becoming a little quieter. Being tested to maturity. Now, what did we say the anointing is? The Holy Spirit working through a person. So you could say the anointing is like equipment for ministry. Just like a footballer needs a ball and boots, a tennis player needs a racket and ball, uh, 
What else? Huh? A golf, I need clubs and balls. Huh? It depends on what sport. Yeah. If you are into sumo wrestling, you don't need too much. <laughs> you just need the right size and very little clothing. Now, so the other guy, there's a reason they wear very little clothing in sumo wrestling. So that your opponent has very little to catch, to, to, to grab. Yeah. If you don't know what sumo wrestling is, please don't Google it. Now, what was I saying? You need, yeah? The, the Holy Spirit is like equipment. Now, no one gives anyone very powerful equipment without testing. Let me try this side. No one gives anyone powerful equipment without testing. Now, if you did not get your driving permit from a certain street in a certain country that I will not name, that starts with the letter of the alphabet. If you got your driving permit from the right places, something happened. What happened? You took a what? You took a test. We're not allowed to drive a vehicle without a test because it's a powerful piece of equipment. If you, while driving, you behave like a pedestrian, and I know some people, they are not here, but even with a car, they behave like pedestrians. These ends, those ends. That. Like motorized pedestrian. You know when God lifts you and gives you enough money to buy a car, but your brain still thinks like you're walking. The people here here are not happy with my sermon. <laughs> Just look straight. No one will know I'm talking about. <laughs> it's a joke. So, are we okay? Where were we? A test. No one gives people. They can't give you a helicopter to just try out. Let's see whether you can keep it in the air. An airplane, earth moving equipment. If the bigger the equipment, the more powerful, the more detailed the tests to fly an aircraft. You go through a lot more tests than riding a bicycle. Yeah. So, when God is going to give you the kind of equipment, that we are talking about called the anointing. Huh? I've just gone born again. I walked in front. They prayed for me. I fell down. Now, people are jumping out of wheelchairs. What? We are multiplying buns and fish. It doesn't work like that. I know someone may have told you it works like that to make you happy. I'm here to burst your bubble. It does not work like that. The 
because that will be very careless of whoever is giving you the equipment. So people who walk in the anointing have to go through tests. That's chiefly why not so many people walk in the anointing to a certain degree. Look for one, two. Look for one, two together. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being what? Ah, did you see what happened when he was baptized by John? What happened? The Holy Spirit came up and filled him. Now you can't claim Jesus was born without the Holy Spirit because he was conceived of the Holy Spirit. So by the time he was born, he already had the Holy Spirit. But when he came to John and was baptized, what happened? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened? He returned from the Jordan and was led by the same Spirit into the wilderness. And what happened? Being tempted. Hey. Is it the devil who led him there? Does it say the devil led him to the wilderness? Who led him to the wilderness? The same Holy Spirit that filled him. I'm teaching from the Bible. You may have come expecting us to be reading from another book. This is the Bible. What happened? Ah, 40 days being tempted, being tested, being tried by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Now, I'm going to take you through a few things, then I will show you the result of what happened afterwards. Uh, fair enough. Are, are you following me? I'm not confusing you. We are going stage by stage. Yeah. So he was tested. Now, First John chapter 2 verse 16 is going to summarize what's about to happen to Jesus. First John, let's, let's read together. He says, for all that is in the world, for what? All that is in the world. He summarizes all that is in the world. World not like the created world, but the worldly systems. He says, this is all that is in the world. And you're about to see something that probably has been disturbing you. Uh-huh. What is it? The last of the flesh, the last of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. All that is in the world. All the issues of life that you faced in temptation are three. The last of the flesh, your flesh wants it. The last of the eyes, you look at it and you want it. The pride of life. The desire to dominate others and get ahead and be the real deal. Yeah, that's of the world and there's nothing of the Father. So first of all, the last of the flesh. How many of you know what we do at Worship Harvest on Wednesdays except in the rest month? This is rest month, so it doesn't count. But the other, the other days, the other months, what do we do? We fast, yeah. How many of you know that on the day you're fasting, the body can speak to you? Hey, in a very clear language which you understand. 
shouting, I need food. I need food. I need food right now. All the enzymes form committees, subcommittees, task forces, working groups. What else? Yeah? Investigative teams, commissions of inquiry to wonder what is going on. It's 10 a.m. We've been waiting down here. Nothing is coming. Our your stuff is not coming. Nothing salty, nothing sweet, nothing. Like, what's going on? They almost want to send representatives to, to a meeting. Say, go talk to that guy. We're starving. Why are you looking at me like that? That's the last of the flesh. And there are other versions which I will not go into details because we are on TV. Now there is the last of the eyes. Eh? Have you ever been there and your phone works perfectly? And it's just good? Until you are hanging out with your friends and everyone puts their phone on the table? And then suddenly, a, a realization occurs to you that your phone doesn't fit in. What's going on here? Who is making my phone age so quickly? Hmm? Or has some unfortunate event ever happened to you where someone came and parked a certain kind of car next to yours and suddenly there is a revelation of how ramshackled old uh, uh, dangerous mechanical condition etc your car is that's the last of the eyes ladies should I go into dressing? Yeah. We don't have time. You left home, you looked fine. You checked yourself in the mirror, everything was in place. And then you get to church. And some people come around. And you're like... They are spoiling my dress. <laughs> Now, these three lusts, they're the ones that brought Eve and Adam down. Because the Bible says when she saw the fruit, yeah, she saw that it was good for food. That's the last of the flesh. Yeah? And it was pleasant to the eyes. That's the last of the eyes. And a tree desirable to make one wise. That's the pride of life. And she took and ate. Yeah. Yeah. All your temptations in life are in those three areas. 
something to do with your flesh and its desires, something to do with your eyes and what you see and desire, and something to do with your mind and how you think about yourself in relationship to others. Hey. I'm preaching from the Bible. Why has all the amen gone? Hmm. Luke 4, 3 to 4. And the devil said to him, If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread, last of the flesh. What happened? But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. The last of the eyes. Verse 5 to 8. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I'll give you. And their glory for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. Can you imagine this is what he told his assistant pastor, Peter? Hey. Wow. So if, if someone ever calls you Satan, just know even Jesus called other people that. Anyway, for it is written, <laughs> you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall serve. Verse 9 to 12, the pride of life. So that was the last of the eyes, right? Pride of life. Then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. Let them see what you are made of. You've been fasting for two days. You sure must possess something. Make bread. Throw yourself down. Like introduce your ministry in a spectacular way. Go to the temple and tell everyone in the courtyard, hey yo, hey yo, introducing Jesus International Ministries. Watch this. Wow. Floating. Hey. You know, some things can look like ideas from God. And this is a good launch. Kumbe, <laughs> it's the devil. He takes discernment to know. So what happened? Throw yourself, for it is written, he even quoted scripture. He shall give his angels charge of you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. It is written, it is written, it is. That is your refrain. That is my refrain. Every time we face these tests and trials. And these tests and trials... You might be thinking they are there to kill you, but they are to promote you in your anointing. Yeah. I'm going to show you what happened to Jesus after this, this stuff happened to him. Now, Mike Brin, in his brilliant book, Building a Discipling Culture, which every person in worship service should either have read or should read if you haven't. He summarized these three things as appetites, Approval and ambition. Appetite. How many of you don't have appetite? 
approval, the need for approval. How many people don't need approval? You don't mind being the last. An ambition, that thing of we shall make a name for ourselves like the guys of the Tower of Babel. It's wired in us, but John says it's of the world. And Jesus overcame those things. He overcame the appetite. He overcame the ambition of, of taking on the kingdoms the wrong way. He overcame the desire for approval by people watching him floating down from the top of the temple and clapping and saying, Maestro, whom shall we follow except thee? No. Didn't do it like that. What happened? Do you want know, you know to know what happened? In, in the end, verse 14 to 15. Look for 14 to 15. Hey, what happened? Can, can you read with me? Uh -huh. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Hey. hey, do you know what happened before he went to the wilderness? He says, then Jesus, being filled by the Holy Spirit, now he's returning in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding region. The news didn't go out when he was baptized by John. It went out when he came from the wilderness. Hey, why are people not amening? Because you're seeing things. <clears throat> and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. The anointing will bring glory to your life. Yeah, I'm telling you. But there is tests. And we must go through these tests. Ah, I think you're expressing a much happier sermon, which I'm preaching happily. You see, it's very interesting if you look at Acts 1.8 where we started. He says, uh, not Acts 1, Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38, he says, how God, 10.38, eh? how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, watch this, you probably have never seen this. With the Holy Spirit and with power. It's not the same thing. Yeah. I can't say Timo and Ernest if they are the same person. Where are the saved people? The Holy Spirit and with power. The Holy Spirit, baptism of John. Power, wilderness. Yeah. Abraham was tried and tested. Yeah? Let's talk about the anointed people of the Bible. Joseph. <laughs> Joseph was tried and tested. Moses. Joseph was tried and tested. Egypt, prison, what? Being sold into slavery. Moses, 
40 day, 40 years in the wilderness was tried and tested. Samuel was tried and tested. He was taken away from his mother at about age two and taken to the temple to live there. Sounds like serious child abuse. Samuel. And he was there enduring the activities of the sons of Eli and having to stick to the program. Are you there? David was tried and tested, being hunted by Saul eight years. John the Baptist was tried and tested and beheaded. Jesus was tried and tested and crucified. The apostles, just go read the book of Acts. Imprisonment, Jiboko, what? Paul, the apostle, he details his issues in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. My brother, my sister, I'm talking about walking in the anointing. No one gives equipment to untested people. You and I will be tried, will be tested. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. So that God can tell, can I trust this person with this thing? Or in a short while they will be destroying everyone with it. Are you with me? I'm talking about walking in the anointing. And because we are celebrating the coming of our Lord Jesus, his birth, who was the anointed one. Second Corinthians 6 says in verse 4, but in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the arm of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers, yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing all things. That is the territory that comes with the anointing. One of the key things that happens to you if you're anointed is accusations. Yeah. You'll be accused of things. Bishop Doug said, if you stay in the ministry for 10 years, after 10 years, did it say 10 or 30 years? 30 years. There will not be anything in the world that you've never been accused of. There is nothing, there is no sin, evil, what that you will not have been accused of after 30 years of ministry. Hey, this message is not going well with the crowds, but there are people. So, how do you overcome? You overcome by the word, that's number one. Jesus, what did he say? It is written, it is written, it is written. If you're word poor, you're not going to sustain this trial. Two, you overcome by prayer. What was Jesus doing in the wilderness for 40 days? He was praying. 
Bible says so many times how Jesus prayed. Three, you overcome through fasting. Season 21 is coming. And you are going to overcome the last of the flesh this January. Yeah. And you will come out (laughs) and news of you will start going around the village. (laughs) You overcome by generosity. Yeah, Matthew 6, Jesus taught about prayer, fasting, and giving. All the anointed people I know are also super generous. That's from David up to today. Also, Jesus was the richest person that lived on the earth, and yet he didn't have a lot of stuff around him, which means he was always giving. Go think about that. That will put a new wrinkle in your brain. You overcome through obedience. Why? Because all these look like sacrifices to make, but obedience is better than sacrifice. Some other guys in the Old Testament, they were fasting, and God came and says, when you fasted, where are you fasting unto me? Hey. <laughs> they were like, you mean we should have been eating? Yeah, you would rather eat in the will of God than fast out of the will of God. Yeah, you can be there fasting for someone's husband. Yeah, and the Bible says, that which God has joined together, yeah, or someone's wife. Let's stop accusing the women only. You overcome through love. Love is a more excellent way. It says, if I speak in the tongues of many and angels, if I give my body to be burned, if I give everything to the poor but have not love, I have become nothing. Lastly, you overcome by going out to minister. What is the purpose of the equipment? if you're going to pack it in your basement. Why should I buy you a Range Rover to pack? Why should I buy you an Earth Mover to pack? Why should I get you a helicopter to pack? Are there people? What's the purpose of the equipment? Action. What's the purpose of the anointing? Ministry, evangelism, discipleship, serving, planting churches building businesses that change the world. Are you with me? So, that is how we are going to walk in the anointing. Amen. Why don't we stand up and pray? Our time is gone, gone. Why don't we stand up and pray? Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the anointing. Why don't you open your mouth and start praying somebody? Just start giving thanks to God. Start giving thanks to God. We praise you, Lord. We honor you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. The interest of your word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. Thank you for grace. It's available this morning. Thank you for you have called us. Thank you that you have filled us by the Holy Spirit thank you that you have anointed us and you want to take us to different levels of experiencing the anointing. Thank you Lord that we saw our Lord Jesus was tested. We saw that Paul was tested. He spent so many years out there in the wilderness. Moses was tested. Joseph was tested. Abraham was tested. He had to sacrifice his son. 
Thank you, Lord, that even us, you're calling us to be world changers. Not ordinary people whose influence ends in our localities, but people whose influence is going to go to the ends of the world. Thank you that your word declares that there is no trial for which you have not already provided a way for us to overcome. So we know we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers of every test that comes our way. As you feel us, as you feel us, we bless you. We thank you. And friends, both here in the room and those who are online, we might be, as, as we're praying, you, if you have never given your life to Jesus, that was the first point, to be born again, to be born of God. If you can't confidently call God your father, if you are not born again, if you have not given your life to Jesus, we are going to pray shortly. And I want to pray with you. It's just a short prayer for you to give your life to Jesus. It's as simple as that and you cross over from darkness to light right now, this morning. So if you're the one, just put your hand up straight wherever you are and I'll pray with you. Put up your right hand. Even online, those who are watching, in the car, at home, those in our host centers, those in the, in the locations, just put your hand up straight. Thank you, Lord. If someone's hand is up, please alert me. I can't see because of the lights. Hands up, hands up. Thank you for that hand. I see it, my brother. Thank you so much. Just come here where I am. Just come. And, and my sister, thank you. Just come. You'll face me. Don't worry about it. You'll just look this end where I am. Anyone else? You're like, this is it. This is it. This is it. Welcome, my sister. Welcome, my brother. Welcome, my brother. Anyone else? Please, everyone else praying. Everyone else praying. There was a day like this when you were not born again and it was your day. Someone else was praying as the altar call was being made. At the locations, everyone else praying. The people, the pastors, the pastors are standing at the front at whatever location you're at or hosting center and they are inviting you. Just put your hand up. Someone else. We will not close when it's your day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't, don't put it off. Don't put it off to next week. Don't put it off to another day. Today is the day of salvation. Hands, hands. I'm waiting for your hand, somebody. I'm waiting for your hand, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you hear me? Ask your neighbor if they are fearing to come and then you will walk with them. We can, we can be our brother's keepers and sister's keepers. Just ask, uh, have you made the commitment? If not, can you make the commitment? I will walk with you there. Tell them I will walk with you there. I will walk with you there. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. So has your neighbor indicated even other locations? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, my sister, my brother. Welcome. Can we pray with them so they don't feel awkward and the people online? Just pray with me. Say, say pray this prayer pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for today. I give my life to you today. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Take my life and do something significant with it. Anoint me mightily to change the world. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer online and at home and in our locations, we believe you are born again. 
and if you are in a place where you're not with other people, there is a number on your screen, 0775-642-449. Please uh, text or call that number. There is a pastor on the other end of that line. I'm going to ask, uh, can I have some help, Pastor Julius? Please come quickly, please. This is Pastor Julius. He's going to take your contacts so that we can reach out to you and help you walk in this new journey with you. Just over here. You won't be going so far. Can we celebrate Jesus and his kindness and his goodness? Are you blessed this morning? Are you blessed this morning? Yay! Amen. Hey. If you're sick in any part of your body, whether here, online, or something, just put your hand up. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. God, the Bible says, he went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. For God was... I hate sickness. It disturbs you. It brings pain. It takes money. It, so we have to be believing for healing every, every day, every day. Thank you, Father, for your children whose hands are up right now. Holy Spirit, I invite you to administer healing to those bodies right now by your grace, by your mercy we speak to sickness I command every spirit of infirmity to leave your bodies right now in the name of Jesus wherever you are be gone in the name of Jesus be gone sickness, be gone devil, be gone Satan, be gone get behind them and we speak total wholesome healing and restoration. We thank you, Father, for I know you've done it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for coming out, friends, for this service. Our next service is going to start a little later, five minutes, maybe late, or ten minutes, so at around 11.22 is when we are going to start instead of 11, 11.15. Okay, so 10, 10, 11.25 instead of 11.15. We'll try and wrap it up. Our floor service will start at 11.25. Thank you for joining us from all the different locations. And here in, in uh, the, the auditorium, you're, you're looking lovely. I wish you a Merry Christmas. Have a splendid, splendid time. Remember to reach out to your neighbors. Some people don't have something to eat this Christmas. You're going to be that hand of blessing. You're going to go do shopping for the neighborhood. Amen. Anybody joining me in doing that? To make sure that everyone crosses the yard well. Amen. So thank you again so much for joining us. for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.